Let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about our minds. Um, I have a proposition for you that I want to ask you where your thoughts are taking you. You know, when I was growing up, uh, and if I wanted to escape from my older brothers, I was a younger brother, I had two older brothers, and uh, often would take a beating from them or whatever, uh, as, as all normal families do. Uh, I, I had a hiding place. Downstairs, we had a bathroom downstairs in our kitchen, and uh, that shows how, how old the house was. And uh, I used to hide in the airing cupboard. And I could just fit in there. And they often didn't discover my hiding place for a long time. They ever wanted to escape from them. And one day, I went, but what you had to do, if you're in the airing cupboard, it, it, it opened from the outside. And so it kind of clicked. So you had to take a knife with you and jimmy it open, you know, to, to get out of the airing cupboard. And one day, my brother was just absolutely taunting me. And I thought, I'm going to hide in my special place have a little torch and read my book and so on, I forgot to take the knife. So I locked myself in the airing cupboard and my brother found out where I was. So he's standing outside the door saying, I'm going to get you, you're nothing. I'm going to, you know, and all the things. I don't want you to even imagine all the things he was uh, saying. And there I was trapped in the taunting, trapped Listening to the lies, listening to the things that were bringing me down. I wonder if you're trapped today in a place where you're just hearing lies. You see, and you need to discover the key of letting yourself out from lies. Because here's the first thing I want to say to you. It's only the lies that are holding you back. Now, some of my language might seem a little bit dramatic today, but I'm doing it for, for a reason. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Change your thoughts, change your life. It really is that powerful. If you change your thoughts, you will change your life. This isn't just hype. This is proved by both Scripture and science. On your outline there, there's a verse from Philippians 4, chapter 8, verse 9. And we often trot this out, but I want you to notice a process in it. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Go ahead, f follow along with me. Finally, my brothers and sisters, this is everyone, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Here's the process. Think about it, practice it, and your experience will change. Think about some things, practice what you've, what you've, been, what you've learned, and the God of peace will change your experience. Look at that process. Move from thought to practice to experience. That's how it works. And you're an amen, church. As you think and then you practice, then your experience changes. But it starts 
in the thought process, cognitive behavioral therapy or RET therapy, rational emotion therapy, also confirms this, that if you plant a thought, it will affect your emotions. Let's do a little bit of experiment, okay? People on the front row. Balcony, this is too much for you. Okay, people on the front row. Here's a little cat, a little kitten in my hand, and it just dies. See, well, some of you are already sad. I planted a thought, you became sad. How is that? You see, if you, your thoughts will, I mean, the cruel people amongst you are going to say, I'm glad the cat died, but that's, your, that's a different problem. Your thoughts will move your feelings. So change your thoughts, change your life. Our thoughts are moving in the direction of our, uh, our lives are moving in the direction of our strength, strongest thoughts. Have you ever had those people who are really nicey-nicey to you, but you know they're not Hannah with you? Ooh. Everybody went, ooh. You know, Proverbs 23, verse 7 actually says that that's a reality of life. It says, for he is kind of person who's always thinking about the cost. And he'll say to you, eat and drink, he says, but his heart's not with you. He's saying, oh, don't have that other sandwich. I can't afford it. Our lives are a reflection of what we think, and eventually it will come out. And what the Bible's warning in that case is, eventually you've got to wait, and it will come out what people are really like. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts And we can change those thoughts into toxic thoughts and move our lives in toxic directions. The proposition of our thoughts shape our life and direction. It's really important that you kind of grasp that instead of saying, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, my thoughts are okay. Begin to say your thoughts are shaping your life. So I want to teach you one principle today. We're going to have four principles over the month. I hope you can stay with me the whole month or get it on and catch up or something. I want to teach you the replacement principle. This is it. Remove the lies, replace with truth. You've heard this a lot. But what many Christians do is they remove a lie and then leave a hole. And they leave a gap. And they don't replace it with anything. Do you know Jesus said one time, if you sweep a house clean and you don't do anything with it, seven other more stronger bad things come. Did you know he taught that? If you sweep something clean, you've got to replace it with something. The replacement principle is really important. Some of you have exposed lies in your mind, but you've not replaced it with anything. This is what Paul said to Timothy, his son in the faith. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 Uh, chapter 1 verse 7 he said for the spirit of God does not make us timid again but he's given us power love and a sound mind or self-discipline you see your perception the way that you see things that actually is your reality when I was in infant school um, as a little boy you know and uh, they asked me to read a poem for assembly and, uh, and actually, in, the, in our stage, in our school, there's kind of a little t- protruding bit, and they wanted me to stand on that protruding bit. I don't know what happened, but, you know, I was reading the book, and uh, uh, the kind of combination of, of reading the book and focusing on that and looking up, and I got a little bit dizzy, and I fell off the stage. <laughs> you know, there's a pastoral gift on the front row. 
and you guys are all laughing? Okay, there's no repentance in the house either, you know. Anyway, I fell off, and, uh, and um, that, that memory stayed with me for quite a long time. And, and, and for a long time, I, I kind of thought, I'm not going on stage. I'm not going on a platform. Man, it, it, you know, it was, anything could happen. And that stayed with me a long time. I'm going to pick up that story later on. But all you have to do is believe the lies that are trapping you. The lie for me was, hey, don't you put yourself out there again. Because everybody's going to laugh at you. And that lie stayed with me for many years. I wonder what lie you're buying into. I wonder what childhood or what thing that has happened even this week that's trapping you, you need to identify that and replace it with truth. So here's the process on your outline there. The replacement will happen through a two-step process. I'm going to be quite repetitive today because we're just building a building block. Two-step process, remove the lie, replace with truth. That's a simple teaching, remove the lie, replace with truth. It sounds easy, but it's absolutely a battlefield. It's really a battlefield. Often, we don't feel like we're in a battle, but there is a real battle in the mind. Do you remember that song by Jordan Sparks? Battlefield, battlefield. Okay, none of you really know uh, that. Uh, it was in 2009, and the lyrics go, we don't always feel like it's a battlefield. I never meant to start a war. You better get your armor. But it's absolutely true that we are in a battlefield. And it sounds easy, but it will be a battle for you. The battle is real, but this is the deal. We don't change unless we face the battle. If you rationalize this message away and say, ah, he's being overdramatic, I'm not in a battle. Actually, what's happened is that the devil has got you in a lullaby where he rocked you to sleep and he's got you just where he wants you. But if you wake up and fight the battle, then you'll change. But if you don't fight the battle, you won't change and there is a war in your mind. So unless you battle, you won't change. If you don't confront the battle, you'll lose it, you won't change. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Your adversary is not that person at work. Your adversary is not that awkward person in your family. Your adversary is a spiritual personality who is continually battling against you. Now, for those of you checking out church or checking out uh, spirituality, this might sound a little bit dramatic. But J.I. Packer once uh, wrote on the back of a book by uh, another author called J.C. Sproul. It said, Knowing Scripture. And J.I. Packer said this. If I was the devil, my greatest uh, feat would be, would be to convince them that I don't exist. And it might sound a little dramatic, but the greatest trick that the devil has ever pulled is convincing you that he does not exist or that you've got him just where he, you want him. And you as a mature Christian are saying, I don't ever get influenced by the devil. I'm really more mature now. 
But actually, the devil all the time is trying to spew lies at you all the time. In fact, Jesus called it really strongly. In John chapter 10, it's on your outline, uh, there, it, it, it says of him, you belong to your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. And he has been a liar and the father of lies. You know, it's really important that you understand the reality that Satan uh, kind of attacks us all. Jesus put it this way. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. He's got no good intentions for you. This is why you need to enter this war. Paul said to the Thessalonians, for we wanted to come to you, certainly I did. Paul, again and again, but Satan blocked my way. I wonder what Satan's blocking your way. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, and you've heard the teaching often, lions only roar when they're hungry like a roaring lion looking for somebody who to devour. Look, without being overly dramatic, let me just say it this way. Satan wants to stop and keep your life robbed of everything that God wants to you. And he lies to do it. The only time that Satan is called a father and a creator, he's called the father of lies by Jesus. It's the only time Satan has any sort of title as a father. He lies continually, and he puts a spin on everything that happens in your life. You do well in your job, and the devil's going to say, see, you don't need God. He's going to spin it. You, you, do, you, you have a failure, and, and he's going to spin it to say, ah, nothing good's ever going to happen to you. You break up with your girlfriend, or you break up with your boyfriend, and say, you'll always be alone. He'll spit everything. He'll put a lie on everything that you do. Somebody looks at you the wrong way. See, nobody likes you. He'll spit it all the time. You come to church and, oh, you know, Pastor Mark shook hands with five people and missed me out. He doesn't like me. He'll spin it. It's a lie. You'll never have love. Whatever you do, he will spin it to defeat you. And I'm being dramatic in order to get your attention to say there is something that is working against you. Wake up. Join the battle. Don't say to yourself, ah, that I'm okay. Satan is trying to lock you in a prison of lies, but you're not the prisoner of war that he wants you to be. You have to allow yourself to have the reality of saying, I want to expose this lie. Did you know that there is still a flat earth society? Did you know that? Google it. Don't Google it now. And those of you on the internet, don't just go off and say, wow, I didn't know that. There is still a group of people that believe 
that the earth is flat. And they said, if we get to the horizon, we'll fall off. But actually, you see, God's got beyond the horizon for you. He wants you to go much further than the horizon that you can see. If you believe significant lies, it will affect your life as if it was true. So what are the lies that you are believing, that I am believing? What are your big lies? Your eyes filled with those lies will keep you from serving. I don't really have, I have a strange call to be a pastor. I think pastors should be called, don't you? I don't think it should be just a job. You know, I don't, you know. In fact, I think we all should be called to our jobs. That we feel like, God, you placed me here and I've got an assignment for you. Don't, don't you believe that? It, back in the 1970s, where I was in a very little church, and the pastor decided to do a survey. And uh, if you haven't done your one-minute survey, there you go. Uh, maybe you could do that. But the pastor decided to do a survey. And now, what you have to understand of the context, in the 1970s, if you were asked, do you want to go into Christian service, it meant do you want to be a pastor or a missionary? Now, you're in Christian service if you're a nurse or a teacher or, or in business or if you're a lawyer, you're, you're serving the Lord there. And, and we've got a bit more of a developed idea today of our vocations and lives. But back then, if you had a survey that said, do you want to go into Christian service, you would never write on it, I'm already in Christian service by being a lawyer. You wouldn't, you wouldn't write that because everybody assumed you were going to be either a pastor or a missionary. Yes, no, that was the answer. It was question seven. Every time I do anything, I always pause at question seven because question seven was the one that changed my whole life. In fact, the first four questions were name, address, phone number. You know, it wasn't really that exciting of a survey. But this is what happened to me. I, I had no idea that I would be called to the ministry. And so when I came to question seven, are you called to Christian service? I went to put my pen in the box and tick no, and my hand began to shake violently. So much so, I couldn't put my pen on the paper. And it was like a little bit embarrassing. We're in a little house church. And I went, okay. And then I went down to put my hand on the box that said no, and my hand began to shake violently. And this happened to me. I did it a third time. I just could not get that pen out of the pen. No. Then I moved my hand to the box that said yes, and my pen touched the paper. I went, whoop. <laughs> so I went back, and my hand began to shake violently. I went back, and my pen touched the paper, and I would be able to tick that box. I went back, my hand was shaking. So I put my hand in the box, yes, and went tick. That's how I was called. What a boring calling. I, you know, like, how were you called, Mark? I was filling in a survey. 
guess which memory came flooding back into my mind the moment I ticked yes. A little boy on a stage falling off. You can't possibly be caught. You're going to make a fool of yourself. I wonder which memory, which lie, comes flooding into your mind the moment somebody opens you up to a faith adventure. The devil is a liar. And they sit in our spirit sometimes. And we need to expose them. I've fallen off lots of stages since then, and no doubt I'll probably fall off this one. In fact, in Letchworth, we had a, uh, the Exodus Theatre Company. They built a big scaffolding and, uh, you know, there was going to be a dramatic uh, production of the uh, coming out of Egypt. And I said, hello, everybody. Welcome. We got the Exodus Theatre Company. Hello. And I stepped to the side, tripped over some of the scaffolding. The whole set fell down. I rolled off the end of the stage and uh, I got up and said, I'm okay. <laughs> Because falling off a stage doesn't mean you're not caught. Because the lie says, ah, you're just going to be exposed. It's a longer story, but later on, I, or, or kind of early in my life, I gave up my calling and said, you know what, God, if that's what you want, and leave it behind. A German lady came behind me and prophesied fire behind me, and I took it back up. And God's voice breaks in and breaks lies. You still have patterns, but now you have to choose. Are you going to continue to believe the lie or accept his vision and direction for your life? And this is your choice. Are you going to expose a lie, replace it with truth? Not expose the lie and leave a hole, but to then pour truth into your life. I'm going to wrap up today but I'm going to ask you what lies are holding you back? What keeps you from your less to your less than existence? Do you remember the uh, Harry Houdini? Have you ever heard about the great escape artist Harry Houdini? When he would do his uh, tours and he would uh, go around with his show and show escapes, what he would do is he would go to the town beforehand and he'd go to the local jail and he would say, I'll escape from the jail. He did it as a publicity stunt. I can break out of any jail. And one of the jailers watched what he was doing. And what this jailer did in this small town was, uh, Harry Houdini gets in the cell and he says, I can break out of this jail. What the jailer did was, is he didn't lock the door, but he turned it the other way and pretended that he was locking it. And Harry Houdini believed he was locked in. So when he got out, you know, his little fiddly thing, that he's, I can break out of any jail, he started turning it, and he began to lock himself in. And he locked it, and locked it, and locked it, until he had to admit, I can't get out. You have to detect the lies that are locking you in. You have to expose them and challenge them. So I actually have something for you this week to do that you should do 
And I want to invite you to do is to do a thought audit. That you actually, what are the repeated thoughts that tear you down? Who you are today will be a result of your thinking from the past. You've got to hit pause this week and think about what you think. 